to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me are my co-hosts, both of them, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt and John Parker. Hey, guys. How's it going? And John, you can find on Twitter at Horizon John. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Horizon RT. You can follow us uh, on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. I'm assuming you have because, you know, we had all this stuff that came out this week. And you can be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. So part two is of this post-preview week uh, uh, recap, if you will. Uh, we stopped at the end of last episode with Oakland, and that's where I want to start because Oakland is an interesting situation to me. Where Oakland has, make no mistake about it, Oakland has the talent. They have Jalen Moore coming back. Uh, we predicted him in the first team. So did the league, and he's going to be the guy. You also have kind of the intrigue with, you also have the intrigue with Jamal Kane. But the question, and we that's this is where we were going with this at the end of last episode, size. There <laughs> is an got- interesting spot with size because from what it sounds like, they're going to be starting three kind of combo forwards in their starting lineup. And I, I believe there's kind of been rumors that they might also start Chris Conway. They're, they're one of their two lone remaining guys with any sort of size. Um, but they've got three guys with size. Hold on. That, that's not fair, John Parker. <laughs> that's not fair. They have three guys with legitimate size, I think. Um, one of them's not going to see the floor because he's bounced around everywhere and uh, even Campy said at his coach's show a couple weeks ago that uh, he's not ready. Um, so I don't okay, see... So uh, Bur- yeah, so I don't see Burke making any uh, sort of uh, meaningful impact. Um, but but he's there. He's a seven-footer. He's a legit seven-footer. Um, former Robert Morris guy, Michigan State guy, Central Michigan guy, now at Oakland. Um, so Chris Conway is going to be the, the main bit of size. You're right there. The other one that uh, we have, haven't talked a lot about because we don't really know much about it is uh, Will Shepard out of Texas, who's a freshman. Uh. Okay. Um, and he's someone that Campy um said when he because Campy didn't recruit him. Uh, Jeff Smith did. And when Campy actually met him for the first time, he he laughed when he was telling the story. He he smiled and he looked at him. And he goes, "You're really big." Because like you hear these kids, oh yeah, he's six eight, he's six nine. He's like, no, this kid's he's a big size. This is a good size boy. Um, he's a stretch four kind of guy. So I don't think he's necessarily going to be banging down low a ton. Right. That's but good. he but he but he is legitimate size, which is good. Um. So you know what? They're going to struggle to rebound. That's going to that's not a question. That's going to be a thing. Um, you know, but Trey Townsend and Micah Parrish did a pretty good job as as freshmen figuring out how to how to rebound. Jamal Kane's going to be doing a lot of rebounding down there. You know, like they're going to get rebounding out of those guys. Um, I think in the non-conference they're going to get destroyed by size, but it's going to set them up for success in the horizon. And I don't think the size is going to be as big a deal because as you started to mention, they've got kind of this weird length thing going on that I think is uh, teams are going to struggle with and what they're running uh, with their zone defense with that length, um, I think is going to present some problems for people and they're going to be able to play fast because of it, which is what they want. Yeah. And they, and it's going to be a lot of uh, Jalen Moore, uh, you know, running out ahead of things, probably throwing alley-oops off the backboard to, to Kane to, to put down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, I can, I can, I can dig that. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's just, um, go ahead, John. for me is, Essentially, I kind of mentioned at the end of last episode, um, they don't necessarily have 
the guys coming in who are going to do the exact same thing, but they have guys coming in who can replace the production. Um, Jamal Kane for Daniel Oladapo is essentially a kind of more perimeter oriented player for a post player. So yeah, I I think they're going to run a lot. And I, I think with a talent like Kane, who I, two of the three of us picked all league, um, I could see them. I've kind of hinted at it. I could see Jalen Moore averaging more assists per game this year. He might hit 10. He probably will. <laughs> that would be something. I mean, they're, they are planning to play up-tempo. They're planning, you know, Kane is an above-the-rim guy more than we saw at Marquette. As they said, um, I think Campy was talking about it the other day. I, I don't, he was talking about Kane's job was to sit outside on the wing and wait for, for the ball to come for him. Um, and someone else to make the play. Now, now the ball is going. He's the one making the play. You know, more to him is how that's going to work. And uh, we're going to see even more of Kane. Like NBA scouts are watching him. They, they're curious to see. He's got that length. He's got the outside ability, but he's also you know an above the rim kind of guy that they want to see what he's going to do this year. Interesting. Um, yeah, and that's kind of where if they're running out Kane Townsend and um, oh my God, what Parish? Parish. Uh, all at the same time, they're actually going to have size with certain matchups. Like if, you know, Robert Morris is running out three guys under six foot two. One of those six foot seven guys is going to be lining up against a six foot two guy. Like <laughs> they're going to have a huge size advantage in certain situations. And that's the really interesting thing to me about their lineup. I mean, and I think, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that that's, I think, what they're banking on. You know, Kane for Oladapo is an upgrade. Oladapo was was a was a, a down low kind of a banger, but he was undersized for what he was asked to do and what his game, yeah. you know, what he, he likes to, you know, he would talk about himself as a point guard. You didn't want the ball in his hands, though. Like, that's just the reality. So, like, um, and I don't mm-hmm. think he was a great perimeter defender, but, you know, he, he, he did his best, but he was undersized. So I, I think him for Kane is an upgrade or Kane for him, I should say, is an upgrade. Um, I think Rashad Williams, they didn't necessarily replace, but Rashad was a streaky shooter, and we have, a, you know, you can find those. You know, they, they do have um, Zion on the bench, um, potentially starting. He is coming off a knee injury, though. Um, so I think expectations for him need to be tempered. But uh, I, I, I don't think they're any worse than they were last year, and I, it's easy to forget they were 60, 40 minutes away, 40 minutes away from, you know, an NCAA berth. They were in the championship game. This is and I don't true. think they're any worse. I don't think they're any worse. No, I think they're kind of yeah. I, I agree with you, Matt. I think they're kind of in the same spot as they were last year, which is an interesting spot to be. With I mean, all the I, change, which all the changes, you know, Oakland being in the same spot, and you know, remembering Greg Campy is Greg Campy. <laughs> And that's just it. You know, like I picked Cleveland State first because as far as I'm concerned, until the champ's beaten, there's no reason to not let the champ, you know, the champ ran back everything. You know, we'll get to Cleveland State. But like Oakland was in the was in the championship game. And yeah, they lost two pieces from that starting. But like, I don't know that they didn't really lose that. Did you though? I mean, but you yeah, but you also brought in a guy like Jamal Cain, who is going to be probably he's going to make a difference. He really, you know, from all all signs are pointing in, making a huge difference on this Oakland team. 
and him him and Jalen Moore are apparently becoming really good friends on and off the court, and that's scary. If those two, like, <laughs> it was very obvious that Jalen Moore and, and Rashad um did not get along well, at least on really? the court. I, I I have no idea what their um off court dynamic was, but um on the court those two were not um on the same page. I guess you could say. I mean, if watching games, they they did not. The what it comes down to is Rashad was told when he came to Oakland, he was going to be a point guard. And then when Jalen showed up, he was not a big Jalen fan. That's like, that's just the long and short of it. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, when, when you got a guy Jalen Moore is coming in and you know, he's going to run the point. Um, yeah. But he was brought, he came from Cleveland state to Oakland to be a point guard. He was sold on being a point guard. He thinks he's a point guard. He's not a great point guard <laughs> with the ball in his hand, but that's my opinion. But anyway, they brought in Jalen. So there was some friction, I think between Jalen and, um, and Rashad. So, you know what? Sorry to see him go because he was a very good shooter, but he was also a a bulk shooter, and the ball's not going to be in his hands as often here. So cool, you know, good luck to him, whatever. But I don't think Oakland's any worse than they were last year, that's for sure, and that got them to the championship game. So if they're even a little bit better, and you know, I think we might be counting them out a little bit. But I'm also an Oakland person first and foremost, and I recognize that. So you know, yeah, we'll to, me, to me, the the three at the bottom or the so to me the three that you know, finished top half last last year and didn't win the regular season title. Um, those three, I all, I had them all lumped together and kind of, I mean, essentially they were, it was ultimately the, the formula that figured out how they were ranked. Ah, uh, the formula. Right. <laughs> Let, let's hope we don't see the formula again this year. I don't, I don't know if I can handle that this year. It's gone. It can't hurt us anymore. It's um, going to can't hurt us <laughs> But yeah, it was an this, adult. <laughs> this weird situation where, like, records didn't really matter anymore. And anyway, um, to me, they were kind of lumped in with NKU and with Detroit Mercy. Um, I think. Let's see. And then for us, we actually went pretty far away from the league with our next pick. We had Northern Kentucky at five. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because we had, we had North. So, so three through five, we had Milwaukee, Detroit, Mercy, Northern Kentucky. The league had Northern Kentucky, Milwaukee, Detroit, Mercy. Yeah. I Uh, mean, if we're being honest though, if we look at those three teams, you know, that's going to be, Trying to figure out which one of them are going to finish above the other ones is going to be a pretty – was kind of tough as it was. And I would put Oakland in there as well. Um, I, really? I think, okay. Yeah. So to me, those it, – it's actually Detroit, Northern Kentucky, and Oakland that I grouped together. Milwaukee's a giant wild card. I have, I don't think anyone really knows what's about to happen there. <laughs> um, I think anything between – you know, they could punch up and hit two or they could, you know, not figure it out at all and finish sixth is totally fair. Well, uh, better, they better not because that'll that'll uh, that'll mess you up on uh, your preseason coach of the year prediction there. Well, that was a weird thing. Um, you OK. And since we I, I have to ask you about that, because, you know, you in your article, you we we have. Pat Baldwin Sr. is coach of the year. I have to ask, okay, what was our since since this is you know we're since it's us 
as as the Horizon Roundtable picking him as the coach of the year. I I need to understand the logic here so I can explain to people. So you're gonna ask me what the hell's going on. Normally we go based on how they perform versus how our preseason expectations for them were. We don't have that. I don't okay. know. Um, if they were to, if our poll goes the way that the regular season does, do you think anyone really overachieved? No. So, based on last year's results to this year, Milwaukee made a big jump. Purdue Fort Wayne made a big jump. One finished third, one finished seventh. I think it'd be Baldwin Jr. Or Baldwin, well, Baldwin Jr. Baldwin Sr.? No, no. Let's get serious here. (laughs) Um, I don't know. That's why, that's probably why they don't do preseason awards, because... Gee, no kidding. Because <laughs> I, I know even less now than I did when you when I asked you to explain it. Well, obviously, sorry. So what I'm saying is, obviously, the reason that Milwaukee would finish third versus eighth is Pat Baldwin Jr., not Pat Baldwin Sr. But I don't know. I mean, with no postseason results to go off of, I just picked the team that made the biggest jump and finished in the top half. I would agree. I would not dispute that. I think the Horizon League Coach of the Year at the end of the year is coming out of Michigan. I'm not going to say which one, but I think, but neither <laughs> oh, of them is one Horizon League. Neither neither one is one one a Horizon Conversely, League Coach of the Year. I think the player. I think the Coach of the Year is coming out of Ohio. I won't say which one. Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey, you never know. Way to play the odds there, Bob. Way to play the odds. Right. <laughs> we need Horizon Boy. <laughs> so I'm glad we have him hanging around. Always good to ask. Um, as far as the yeah, so I want uh, Detroit Mercy. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, actually, I want to talk a little bit more. Moving, kind of segueing from. Pat Baldwin Sr. is car coach of the year to Milwaukee <laughs> as a whole. Obviously, I mean, if you honestly, if you haven't heard who Pat Baldwin Jr. is, seriously, how long have you been listening to this podcast? Yeah. And are you new? <laughs> to me, the if Tijon Lucas had come back, I actually think I probably would have knocked off the champs. Um, I think, yeah, I think, well, by the way, and incidentally, incidentally, Cleveland State is not seeing, has not seen the last of T. John Lucas yet, by the way, because their first game of the year is against BYU. (laughs) Um, but no, uh, I do, I do agree. I think if T. John Lucas had stayed with and played with Pat Baldwin Jr., this is, this is probably, it would probably be a, but I, I, even with C.J. Lucas gone, and by the way, also with C.J. Wilborn gone, um, and we'll talk a little bit about his landing spot a little later on, um, because it was the right state. Um, I really see. It just seems to me that you know that that Milwaukee still has plenty of firepower with them. They still have DeAndre Goldston, and I'm pretty sure didn't we pick him second team all all league. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yep. I did, and, and then, so did the and so did the league. By the way, 
Um, they still have, you know, they still have Josh Thomas. You know, Josh Thomas, a super senior. Going to keep using that word. Um, I think it seems to me like they, Donovan Newby, I think, was a, an interesting holdover from last year because it seemed to me that he was probably the guy that I would see kind of, he, he, he at least to me emerged as kind of the guy who was kind of running, uh, who was, you know, really good, especially, you know, especially on the free throw line, much as I, much to my chagrin. <laughs> I um, still have nightmares of that one. Yeah. Newbie and Jordan Lathan at point guard are really where there yeah, are. Yeah, we still haven't even talked about Jordan Lathan, who, who we thought we were going to see something of last year. I guess we're going to see him this year. Yeah, he got hurt while they were hoping to get his waiver figured out, and he had surgery, so they redshirted him. And I've kind of mentioned this before, but it's this weird situation where it's like, you feel like he's been gone forever, but two years ago, he would have been, you know, you're a transfer. You sit out for one year. It's fine. (laughs) But with all the waivers being handed out, it feels like he's been just absent. Um to me, Jordan Lathan, impact-wise, obviously they're going to ask him to play a very different role, um, seems to be fairly similar to Zion Young. So when there was hype about Zion Young potentially being an all-league talent, okay, maybe that's what you're getting out of Jordan Lathan in a six-foot-four combo guard, point guard. Um, now that we've kind of seen Zion Young is like a solid player, um, I, I think you get probably a passable player, but he is a little bit more of a combo guard. Um, I, I think some of where the kind of issues with projecting Milwaukee this year come from are um, they don't necessarily have a point guard that Baldwin Sr. might need to get a little creative, and I don't think there's a lot of enthusiasm for Pat Baldwin Sr. getting creative. Um, All right. I mean, talent-wise, they're they're actually, I'd say, very good, especially in the starting lineup. I'm very interested in seeing how the team will work out defensively. That hasn't always been a, a strength of Baldwin Sr.'s teams, um, but you've got... I mean, Lathan is six foot four, athletic as all heck. Um, what I but, find interesting, I, I I know we, I, I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but I, th- I I do also see the benefit of Samba Kane coming in. Yeah, as the as that as that transfer as the big guy as a guy who will be a presence in the center, so PBJ doesn't have to be. Which yeah. in this conference. You know, you can't avoid it sometimes. Hey, you're really tall. Let's put you in the middle, even though that's not your natural position. A lineup. You have, you're left with no choice. But in this case, no. Now you have Samba Kane, who is, you know, a legitimate big man, a legitimate, a legitimate big man who actually <laughs> has done some things previously. Um Although I, you know, nine point six minutes is probably he's probably going to get obviously it seems like he's going to get more playing time here. Yeah, um, that would. I also very interested in seeing what Moses Bull does, but not so much. I mean, you know, I guess I, I have no idea what. So he was held out of their um, open scrimmage recently, so 
I don't know. He he didn't play at UCF because of injuries. I don't know if that's still ongoing or if it's, you know, hey, he's actually ready to play. Let's not get him hurt in some meaningless little thing. Um, I don't know what to expect from him. Um, if he can play, it'll, you know, probably just mean they'll have a seven-footer in the paint for even longer. Um, yeah. St. Pierre also had a very good scrimmage. Uh but it's a scrimmage. We've seen, you know, no name walk on, put up 30 points in those things, just having a good day. So who knows? Um, front court, I don't know, could be, I mean, the five spot essentially is kind of a big unknown. That one, I think you cover up with having a, you know, potential player of the year at the four. Uh, yeah. Point guard you got to get the ball up the court. So that point guard is where the concern is for me. Um, at the five, if they can have, you know, Samba Kane and hopefully Moses Bull and Joey St. Pierre put together 40 minutes, we're cool. <laughs> um, you know who doesn't have You know who doesn't have a problem at point guard this year? Detroit Mercy doesn't have a problem. At, at lead guard. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that – that's obviously, you know, Antoine Davis, the other player of the year favorite, I guess I'd say. Well, uh, we predicted them, him to be player of the year, and so did the league. So we're all on the same page now. Yeah, um, overwhelming. So Interesting. here's the thing. That, well, I mean, I, I think we and the league are on the same page on this one because no, no freshman has ever won player of the year. I don't know if that's the. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think if Antoine Davis does what he has done over the last three years, and Detroit Mercy finishes in the top half of the conference, I think Antoine Davis will still will be the Player of the Year, no matter what uh, Pat Paulin Jr. does. I mean, unless yeah. Pat Paulin Jr. basically becomes the, you know, just basically shines above everybody. And Milwaukee wins the conference wins the conference regular season title. I don't know. I picked Antoine, but at the same time, I think it's going to be really hard to count out Pat Baldwin Jr. if he has the year he's supposed to. the The thing then, that the thing that we're not talking about with either of them is uh, Pat Baldwin Jr. It sounds like he's hurt. Then you know, there's not much information. And Antoine's coming off an Achilles injury too. So both those two players, of them, by the way, two of them. I can't like I read that. I'm like, what? Both of uh. these players might not be what they're supposed to be, especially early. You know, like those are big injuries. You know, we don't know much about the Baldwin one. I think it was just a report that he'd been walking around campus on crutches. But like, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And um, I mean, for me, that's part of I, not to get back into Milwaukee, but like that's why I picked I. Milwaukee a little bit lower than I think some of the other people is I think he's going to deal with injuries, you know, as he gets out of high school and into, you know, big boy territory here where they're going to want to hit him hard. And that's what we've seen with Antoine Davis too. And I think it takes its toll on him, you know, like he's such a pure shooter. He's so good, but when people play him rough, he, it, it it's hard on him. He's, he's just a small dude. You know, he's, he's, he's scrawny. He's not, he's not, he's not built and they've tried to build him up. And I think that's, you know, going to continue to affect Antoine this year too. And I mean, I'm big on Detroit Mercy and I'm big on Antoine Davis. I want to see him take down a bunch of records for some personal reasons that I have, but like, um, <laughs> it, I, 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 I struggle sometimes when I start to break it down this way though, because I think he's going to continue to get hurt and we don't know what this Achilles injury is going to be like for him. 
Yeah. And then the one thing I'll say, I know it doesn't exactly apply to Matt, um, but with the way our rankings broke down with Milwaukee right ahead of Detroit Mercy, I actually picked Pat Baldwin Jr. for play of the year. I know I'm a homer. It's okay. Um, it's okay. So if Milwaukee finishes one spot ahead of Detroit Mercy, hypothetically, I, I feel like anyone who picks that should think, okay, Pat Baldwin Jr. and Antoine both get hurt and miss the season. Does Milwaukee still finish ahead of Detroit Mercy? If the no. answer is no, Pat Baldwin Jr. has a pretty good argument for player of the year because he is solely the reason that they're finishing ahead of Detroit Mercy. Does that make yeah, sense? I don't, I don't see. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, but I, I see with, but with, I think with Detroit Mercy this year, as opposed to previous years, I think Mike, I think Mike Davis has the roster he finally he ha, he wants now because that roster is really good. Yeah, it is. I mean, they Matt Johnson's back. I didn't think he would be, but Matt Johnson's back. Um, Noah Waterman's back, and we could see a full year of him. Um. He's a lot better than I wanted him to be, too, for the record. Like, that's oh, the Oakland person we're talking. But, like, um, if he, he – his, his I got I got to watch him, you know, in person last year, and his basketball IQ is so low, but his skill set is so high. If they can get him to be smarter, my yeah. goodness, is he, a, is he a talented player? <laughs> yeah. As the uh, non-Michigan person who was involved in that conversation about him, I'm feeling pretty good about my prediction. Probably not going to be Alec Peters but probably going to be, you know, a player. So. <laughs> yeah. And then you bring, and then you also bring into that mix a DJ Harvey. Yeah. And I mean, again, a, a guy who has been productive in the ACC um, was a little bit less productive in the SEC last year. So a bit of kind of like a, Hey, why did that happen? That was weird situation with him. But I mean, if he, if he had transferred to Detroit Mercy instead of Vanderbilt, you know, so essentially last year didn't happen. I think a lot of people would have been projecting him all league just because he he would very much fit the mold of a Sandy Cohen, a Tijon Lucas, guys who've done it before, except in all honesty, a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I think the down year at Vanderbilt was kind of weird and probably a little bit off-putting for people, I would say. Well, I mean, when you usually when you go to Vanderbilt, that's pretty much, I mean, Vanderbilt is kind of, I know they've gotten a little better, but, I mean, really? Yeah, they've been rough for a while. <laughs> they've been rough for a while. I think the other thing is with Mercy that you can't rule out is not only has Waterman got size, but they have some other side. They, they do have Willie Asiani, who, like, I mean, seems to always has a, a concussion problem going on, but, like, he's a good shooter with size. They've definitely put him down low. They've got Coca, who was the midseason two-lane transfer. He's 7-1. Like, again, yeah. kind of struggled a little bit, but that was without, you know, coming in midseason. So, you know, with an offseason and all that, what's that going to do Ooh. for him? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they've, they've got a lot of those pieces to try to surround um, – Antoine and you know obviously this team is built for Antoine but I feel like yep. they've got they've got more than I, I want to give them credit for again that's the Oakland person we talk you know like <laughs> uh, you've got you've got the South Florida transfer uh Prince Oduro like yes. I don't he, who's another 68250 that's that's some size like I, we don't know what he's gonna bring but if they're able to put some of these pieces together ooh, I mean 
Last year was supposed to be Tristan, or not Tristan Thompson. Uh, what was his name? Um, Torian Thompson. Torian Thompson. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Tristan Thompson would have been very different. Torian Thompson, and that didn't work out. And you know, but like, if some of these pieces hit the way that they're supposed to, it's a really, really good, really good basketball team. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, that's why I picked them third. <laughs> because no, no, wait, no, I picked Milwaukee third. Never mind, I picked them fourth. Wait, yeah, I picked them fourth. My my um, last thing with the yeah. the the Baldwin Davis debate, which we'll keep having all year, is I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm tr- still trying to decide which one makes the league look better. Like, d- does the league want to be able to tout Baldwin Jr. or is it almost better to have someone like Antoine and be like, yeah, Baldwin Jr. wasn't even the best player in this league. You guys got to pay more attention to this league. I don't <laughs> know which way is better. I'm sorry if nobody was paying attention to this league during March last uh, March of this year, then I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, oh my God. seriously, that's that's where we live, man. This is this is our welcome to our house. The quarterfinals were the best it, of basketball all year. <laughs> it, welcome, um, yeah, and it, yeah, I think it, I, I think that's yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. That's going to be an ongoing debate all season. Of it's going to be a balance, you know, the the Pat Baldwin. I think it's going to come to it. It's it, as it should. It, it's going to come to a head when they play each other. Which is funny because I think they're both going to go off for like 30 plus in both those games. I want Pat Baldwin <laughs> Jr. to be guarding Antoine. I, I want to see <laughs> see what that looks like. I need it. That is, yeah, I do. Yeah, man, I mean, that may actually happen. Although I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be Noah Water and on them. Yeah, it'll be my guess would be Josh Thomas or well, no, I, I, I could see potentially Jordan Lathan just size and athleticism. Um, his defensive metrics weren't great, but I don't know. (laughs) No, but I, so, so then there's, then there's Northern Kentucky and I don't know why we keep underestimating them. I I don't know why I know you, you know, you keep underestimating them, Matt. I don't know why I, I I don't know where I can't remember where I put them. I think I might've put them fifth, but I mean, yeah, they're, did they really, I mean, let me ask you guys something. Did Adrian? Did something happen to Adrian Nelson that we like completely forget about him now? <laughs> I think it's I just mean, that Adrian he's, Nelson's a really good player. Yeah, I feel like he's a good player, but he he never gets to do what he's supposed to do. And like, I mean, that's something that we heard from uh, during our media forum from Brady. Like, they're hoping to actually get him out to the wing where he's supposed to be. Like, he's always banging yeah. down low and kind of gets a little bit forgotten. I mean, he does a nice job. It, it reminds me of Daniel Daniel Adapo, and we've had that conversation in the past. But you know when. But like to see him actually out on the wing doing what he's you know was recruited to do that might change everything for good or that bad would, I don't even know that'd be something that would be something I mean he yeah uh, well it, it seems to me that that's probably what's going to happen I mean maybe they, I don't know they did bring back a cent so I think they brought back all you know their essential pieces I think Adam Alita is probably the the biggest loss that they had and. Um, if you talk to the, the guys at Norse report, they're not too heartbroken. Um, yeah, I, the goal is probably to have Chris Brandon who transferred in from Detroit mercy kind of, yes, I think that's going to be the big thing. I think Nelson out, um, I'm going to remain forever gun shy on transfers into Northern Kentucky. Um, after last year where they had a guy who averaged 14 points at division one, not even able to get off the bench because he couldn't figure out the defense. Uh, in theory, Chris Brandon, he's a, you know, he's a defensive minded guy. He should be able to do it. 
Um, I think that's going to be a big deal. I think Chris, I think what Chris Brandon does when he's on the floor is going to dictate what happens. What 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 Adrian Nelson does on the floor. I think does does Chris Brandon step up and become the guy who bangs in the middle? Uh, who bangs in the glass when? which allows Adrian Nelson to ease more into his natural position, or is that a whole pipe dream and we are, you know, or are we just waiting for David Bam to do some stuff again? I, I think we can't forget about Sam Vincent either. We've heard a little bit yeah. about him. He was Kentucky's Northern or Kentucky's uh, Mr. Basketball last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that, that, that's, that, that's a thing. Like I, we, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a six, five, you know, he, very unassuming kind of player, but apparently, you know, Apparently, a lot going on there. So we'll see what he what he kind of brings, and is that an immediate impact? You know, I I don't know. Yeah, and it's a similar situation to last year, where he could be a guy that I feel like an idiot for leaving off of the like. I, well, I think last year I did all freshman team, which we actually have. Um, but it, it's tough because it's like, well, okay, they they bring back most of their core pieces. Where's he going to fit in? For all we know, he's another Marcus Warwick, and he's gonna fit in in the starting lineup or something weird um so yeah that's potentially a huge piece um potentially you know not able to have the type of impact that his talent dictates just because they brought so much back yeah and i mean it's it's a well-constructed basketball team They, they have the size they have the skill they have the talent they have a coach like there's no reason this team shouldn't be good except i don't know it, it, it's well built. Yeah, it's a, it's a I, I I do see them. I do I, I do see Northern Kentucky. You know that again. That's why I pick them in the top half of the top half of the conference because of where they're sitting. I mean, they have a, you know, you have you know a, you have a proven guy at the point in Bryson Langdon. You have Trevon Faulkner, who obviously you know is an all league guy, as is Mark Wes Warwick. Um. And and then you have Adrian Nelson, who it seems like we've forgotten about. But again, he even when he's in out of position, he he produces. So I guess the question that again, I guess the big question mark for NKU is going to be what happens in the uh, what happens at the five. Is it going to be Chris Brandon? Is it going to be David Bam? Um, how do you, you know? Do do they come in and allow Adrian Nelson to do some other things on the floor. And I think that's going to be a good thing. You you just listed those guys, that, you know, talking about the five. That doesn't even hit. They have three other players that we didn't even just mention that are 6'10 or above. Yeah. You know, like they've got, they've got side. They've, you know, we saw Noah Hupman last year. We do. Um, you know, and then they, they, they still that, have. That, that new guy, the the freshman, Emmanuel Zorgval. From that's Sternan. a seven-footer. Seven, yeah. seven seven they have David they have David Wasser who's a 6'10", 230. Like, I mean, they've got, they've got size. Yeah. I just don't know how they put it all together, but at the same time, we know they've got a good coach, so you can't count that, that out. So it seems like a really solid, solid team. Yeah, this is true. We're listening to Matt regretting his sixth place projection in real time. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, if anything, honestly, that. John, if, if I regret anything, it's that I, I would have Milwaukee even lower than, than, than NKU. Yeah. So I guess the question, so, so the question that I have, obviously we have, we have, we have Cleveland state over Wright state and so does the league. And so do other people though. Some people have them above. I think I, Justin Kinner, I think Justin Kinner had Wright state as the uh, thing. 
He Man, would. Well, I mean, well, but if you look at when you look at Wright State, they, I, I know we make a lot about Loudon Love not being there anymore, but they have so much else. That's NBA G League first round pick, Loudon Love. Thank you. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Yeah, first well, round Chris, Texas you know. Legends. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. I guess the question is, do do we see more Grant? Does Grant Vasily finally step into that role? And Grant Vasily again did something. Grant Vasily last season and in in the in the seasons he's been there has done something that that Loudon Love has not done, and that's stress the floor because Grant Vasily can has not been afraid to shoot it from anywhere. Yeah, and I know that was definitely one thing that um, Scott Nagy was excited about is it looks like no matter who's in the lineup, um, it's going to be five guys who can shoot from three. So Yeah. So it's basically Purdue-Fort Wayne on steroids then, basically. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and, and the really interesting thing, so I guess kind of where I was at, where I struggled was they do lose a, you know, two-time player of the year, a huge talent. Yeah. Um, theoretically, they're going to fall back, but a lot of their wins, I mean, they had more wins by 30 points than they had Horizon League losses in the regular season anyway last year. Um, they won a lot of the rest of their games by And 20. they were well on their way to it. And they were well on their way to another 30-plus point win in the Horizon League tournament, and then something happened. Okay, we're going to need to do a special episode for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the oral history of I'm, the, I'm busy yeah. that day, but I'll listen. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was a one in, you can't even say a thousand. That was a... That was, that was a, I mean, honestly, that was a, why am I surprised this is happening kind of thing. Cause, I mean... Because this is what happens to them all the time. I, mean, I, I think that whole thing is overblown. The the It's kind of like, you know, every time someone says, oh, blah blah coach can't win in the NCAA tournament until they do. You know, if yeah. you're in all the time, if you're, you know, you've got a contender all the time, eventually you're going to make that run. We heard it about Mark Few. Now he has two national title appearances. We heard it about Bo Ryan. Uh, anyway, it, Scott Nagy's done enough that this whole, oh, he can't win in the conference tournament is silly. Um, I would say the same. Uh, Greg Campy is. Except the he has, by the way. I mean, he has actually won a horizontal tournament. <laughs> it, it, that was With a, love, I might add, he has. Yeah, and that was a, I don't know, obviously that was a massive fluke. That was Milwaukee having to do things where if you actually go back and look at the tape, you say, hey, your defense forced that shot. It went in, but would you take that defense again? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, They were hitting just circus shots. Um, But anyway, they... But again, you know, but when you look at, but when you look, yeah, and then C.J. Wilborn, who was on that Milwaukee team that did that to Mil- uh, the right state, went over to White State. Yeah, um, and on paper, you're losing a huge talent. You're also losing um, Jalen Hall. Yes. My issue with them, 
they didn't go that deep into their bench. So the guys that are coming in aren't that experienced or, um, I don't know. I, I, when I was putting together the right state preview, I at least mentioned James Manns. Um, my understanding is his defense is why he didn't play last year. I don't know if they go, Hey, we need someone and he gets a lot more opportunities this year, or if it's just, He's going to be hanging James out. James Van still on this right state roster is going yeah. to always be the, um, the a point of fascination for me. <laughs> and for all we know, the information I got about his defense is wrong. And it's, you know, he was not, you know, there was something else going on. And maybe he'll come in and average, you know, 13 a game this year. Um, awesome. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that they didn't go deep into their bench is a big Part of why, you know, I was surprised to see so many of these preseason publications. I think all but like one of them pretty overwhelmingly projecting Wright State to be the regular season champion because, I mean, the fact that Wright State was blowing out its opponents, whereas Cleveland State really wasn't, is valid. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they have to do it. So I'm glad you brought up Cleveland State because again, now, yeah, they, until you, you, until somebody beats them, they are the champs. And oh, by the way, they brought everybody back, and they added like four more guys. I've, you know, they they got all of their starters back. I mean, I think they only lost Alec Goldsby and Hugo Ferrer, but they added in, you know, Brock Finstoon, Nate Jack. The Anderson Marambo, oh my God, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that guy on the bed, uh, on the floor. But man, it yeah, but I, I think Cleveland State's big thing is they have all this entire giant, you know, roster. I mean, are they? What are they gonna? Are they gonna do the same thing they did last year? Because right, I mean, I'm almost minutes are gonna be at a premium. For everybody, I'm wondering if for everybody not named Tory Penn, Trago Million, <laughs> I'll, 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 I will qualify that. For, minutes are going to be a premium, and and if you look at the you look at the front court, you have you got Spider Johnson, you got Al Eichelberger coming back, and he's fully healthy. You have Anderson Marambo coming in. You have the seven footer, um, you know, Mabor Majak is coming in. So, I mean. That is, and then also you have, you know, you have Jason Woodrich and Chris Green too, who are, you know, who are again those stretch fours who can shoot the ball. So, I guess my thing with them is, you I'm know, I'm going hockey shifts. Got to do it. <laughs> they, my only thing is, were they one of the teams? Like, was that because of COVID? Was that, hey, we're playing back to back nights. Let's just go deep into our bench and run. Are we going to see something more normal this year? Would be. I don't see how. You, when you have that big of roster and you have a <laughs> rotation of capable guys, you're yeah. not going to get a lot of drop off. I don't see how that's even possible. Is it possible that Dennis Gates is planning to use multiple basketballs during games this year? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. No one, no one suggested it yet. Maybe he knows something we don't know. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. But yeah, I mean. I could easily see like whole games where we don't see any of the, we don't see half of these guys and they go 10 deep still. 
which is, you know, interesting because I know Campy over at Oakland has talked about he's going to shorten his bench back to what he's used to. So we're going to see seven, eight players pretty much all season for him where Cleveland State's going to be playing 38 players every two minutes here. Like, <laughs> yeah, and because they was... can. And they, because they, I mean, I, I, I guess that is the that is the strategy. And I, I get it. I get the strategy. I get the idea of it because they don't have a choice. I, don't, I mean, it's it's I don't, I'm not speaking as, as that's a bad thing. But man, I mean, if you have all of that, if you have all of those guys on that roster and you have that kind of rotation, why wouldn't you use that? Why wouldn't you just kill everybody with attrition? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, why, why wouldn't you? The only thing I think is managing egos is going to be even harder this year. And you've got new egos. That would be the only thing. Uh, I mean possibly, but you know, these guys signed on to Cleveland State knowing what they're all about too. Yeah. They yeah. saw what they they saw what happened last year. And so they get they know what they signed up for. And they know that you know there may be ga- whole games where they don't play at all. And there may be more games where they're like the leading scorer. And we've seen it multiple times. <laughs> and no kidding. So I, that's what I. That's where I see the. You know, and I think that's that that lack of drop off. I think that's what that should scare everybody. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I'm looking yeah, forward. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. So, all right. Let's play some basketball. I'm I'm ready for the season. Yes, let's do that. I am. We, I am hyped about it. Yes. Is anybody else playing exhibition next week? I know Oakland's got Eastern Michigan on Thursday the 28th. Is anybody else playing next week that we need to keep Cleveland, an eye on? Cleveland State is playing an exhibition against Case Western Reserve on the 30th. So, All right, so we got some game. We got some t- games to watch. Yes. To watch. Now I don't know if it's actually going to be something I can actually watch. I'd probably have to go up there, but yeah, they will be playing. We all know Bob's not leaving his basement, but if he did <laughs> have a basement, damn it. What are you talking about? I can't. I got to pay attention to the entire league now. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's not a pain <laughs> in the ass, but you know. Well, I, I am planning to go to the Oakland Eastern Michigan uh, yeah. charity wanna, secret exhibition, I, I whatever I, that I is. Wanna, I don't want to step on Alec and Kyle's toes there. That's what I'll, that, I'll just leave it there. I'm trying to be diplomatic like that. So, um, yeah, but um that should be good. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting so much closer. I'm looking forward to it. So basketball, I'm ready. Basketball. Yes. All right. So, uh, that's going to wrap up the second episode. Um, next week, uh, we should have uh, Cameron Benford on. I'm looking forward to having that conversation with him. And until then, I mean, we've said it multiple times, all the pre horizon uh, roundtable.com, all the stuff's there, everything. We wrote so much. We want you to read it. We want you to read it. We want you to listen to everything we had to say. We really do. Even if you don't like what we have to say, just listen to it. And then tweet me about how much you hate us and how dumb we are and tell us why we're dumb. Great. Let's have that. Let's have that talk. I don't care. Block us. Block no, us. No blocking. I don't give a crap. I'm, no, I'm, I'm at a point where, you know what, if you're, if you, if you're like subtweeting us right now and, you know, and you know who you are, um, Whatever. I don't care. Keep doing it. Keep hating haters. Okay, never mind. That's stupid. That sounds so stupid. Um, HorizonRoundtable.com. That's where we're cut out. Cut that out. (laughs) I'm not cutting anything out. What are you kidding me? I said what I said. No, I'm kidding. That's why I said I'm kidding. I don't get it. We we appreciate you all listening. That's all I got to say. So um, tune in next week, and thank you guys for listening.
Oh, and don't forget, uh, we're all po- where podcasts are available. So subscribe to us. So thank you for listening.